Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Class Podcast. Here, you will find recordings of our weekly Sunday School class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. Now, this podcast is not intended to replace your Bible study, to replace your weekly church attendance, or to be your sole source of spiritual instruction. Go to church for that. This podcast is for members of my class who happen to miss a week here or there and don't want to fall behind. But before you listen to this episode, you may want to go to teachings.gym314.com and download student or teacher handouts, as well as any PowerPoints, so you can follow along visually and see what we saw in class, as well as take some notes. Thanks for listening. Come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app. I'd recommend Overcast. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning, everybody. Isn't it a great day to be alive? It's a great day to be alive, I agree. (laughs) We'll leave that alone. All right, so today we are in Romans chapter 12. We're going to finish up Romans chapter 12. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and jump over there. Uh, We'll get to it in just a minute, but I want to make sure we uh, review uh, and make sure that we are spending uh, appropriate time on appropriate things, uh, much more time asking the Holy Spirit for help, staring at the text. And then I want to talk for just a second about this uh, third slice of the pie today, the church, um, because it kind of leads into my introduction just a bit. Uh, I told you last week they had a mea culpa coming. Anybody remember that? Yes. Uh, mea culpa. You may know what a mea culpa is. My error. It's Latin. It's from the, the Roman Catholics have a prayer of, I think it's confession and forgiveness, and the word mea culpa is said three times, but we only say it once because we're not Roman Catholic. But uh, I had something that I needed to fix, and what I needed to fix was something that I taught you that was not correct about Romans. So we're going to walk back for just a second and uh, come to this, but this was raised because of this section of the pie, because we're talking to people in the church. So Uh, If we look at where we've been so far in Romans, we talked about righteousness introduced, righteous wrath, saving righteousness, righteous freedom, and then righteousness to the who? To the Jews. And the audience for this section was the Jews. And because I didn't keep the context in mind, I made an error theologically. So here's the error. Is Tim, Tim the Younger is not in here, so I can't tell him. You guys remember when I said to Tim the Younger, you are a genetic Jew. You guys remember this? He is not a genetic Jew. Shake your heads up and down for me. Everybody understands. He is not. He is a spirit. No. We're not going to go there either. Um, We get grafted in to the family of God. But that doesn't make us Jews. That makes us believers. That makes us Christians. That makes us his children. So a couple things to think about here. Um, One... Because I got off on the context, who Paul was specifically writing to here, because what do we as Americans love to do? Hi, my name is Jim. I love to do this. I love to make the whole Bible about who? It's about me. In in America specifically, right? Like we have these wonderful theological gymnastics to get America into the prophecy of the Old Testament. It's like, uh, okay, that's a whole other topic. Um, This is 
the audience for this is the Jewish people for this section, chapters 9, 10, and 11. And because I got that out of whack, what I ended up with was Paul telling us that we are Jews. We are not Jews. That is not the way that works. Now, um, I had to go back and do a lot of editing in prior lessons because of this. So in the last two weeks, I've listened to the last 10 podcasts of our Sunday school class. Um, And it has been a great reminder that I do this way too often. And I should really think about bringing a handkerchief up to the... I mean, oh my goodness, I went to strangle myself about 27 times. I listened to five hours of podcasts. And here's the sum total of what I removed. Four minutes and 15 seconds. And one sentence from the teacher notes. So it's not a, oh my goodness, we have wrecked all of Romans. The thing is, but I want to make sure we get it right. And here's a good way to check to see if your theology is good. You take your theology and you pull it and you stretch it as far as that theological point will go. And if you stretch the concept of we are genetic Jews as far as that theological concept will go, you end up with what's called replacement theology, which means the church is Old Testament Israel fleshed out in the New Testament. And you get all kinds of problems when you get to, Rome, when you get to Revelation by saying the church fulfills all of the promises to Old Testament Israel. This becomes really, really problematic. So, this is my mea culpa, and I want to make sure that we go back. Like, I, I show you this slide every week for a reason, because this is important. So when you see, when you hear, when you go, I don't think that's right, just raise your hand and say, can we talk about that for a second? And I should say, yes. Does this make sense? Thank you, Skip. I appreciate the... He's with me. All right, good. So uh, today's class, we're going to do the same stuff we've been doing for weeks. Today is week 35 in Romans. So we're going to chuck right along. Now, we are in the middle of this righteous living section, which is the, um, what are we going to do with all of these other chapters? And and Brian Smith and I were talking this morning in the office. There's some weeks I'm fortunate enough to catch him while he's uh, printing something or catching up on something in the office. Um, And we chatted for a bit about how sometimes these last few chapters of Romans can feel like a big checklist. They can feel like a, uh, well, I'm put, Paul's putting all this weight and this burden on top of you on how to actually go do and to live these things out. And here's the reality, guys. The only way we even get to toe the starting line for Romans chapters 12 through 15 is that if we have, we have lived through the wrath and the righteousness and the freedom that comes from the gospel. If, if we skip Romans 1 through 11 and jump straight to Romans 12, you will be the most frustrated, discouraged, downtrodden Christian ever. Because there is no power whatsoever to be able to live this out without the gospel. So if you hear me talking through today and you go, man, that sounds, that sounds really hard. Whoop, time out, back up. Jesus' yoke is easy. His burden is light. So anything that sounds heavy or hard, that is not what we're trying to do today. Now, some of this, I think, is hard to actually do from a, if I did it on my own strength, and we'll talk about that. Uh, but we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. We have the example of Jesus Christ. And we have a loving Father who cares about us. So as we get into this, this longer section of righteous living, I want to make sure we keep that framework in mind. And because I had my mea culpa, I'm gonna, the pendulum's going to swing harder on context probably for the next couple of weeks because uh, I don't want to go back and listen to myself teach 10 times. Uh, that's where I'm at. All right, does this make sense? You with me? Yes? All right. So guess what we're going to do today? 
We're going to read the text, yes. We're going to start with Romans 12, 1, and we're going to read through the end of Romans 12. All right, here we go. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. The one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to that which is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who weep. Rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. All right, did you feel the list-like feel of that particular text? It's like boom, 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 boom. And you can almost feel, oh my goodness, Paul is just, he's laying this on really, yes, he is. He, he's showing us what it looks like to live a Christian life. Uh, and fully and perfectly lived out, this is quite challenging. But again, he's showing us what it looks like to live out Romans 1, uh, 12 through 2 as well. So, all right, let's take a look at the words. So what do the words mean here? So let love, and I think you've got all of the words, uh, all the word stuff in your handout there, three-page handout today. Hashtag staple. So let love be genuine, or uh, my, f- that was like five new words for me this week, without dissimulation, because that's one you used this week, right? Uh, without hypocrisy or unfeigned. Um, the, the first word there after genuine is undisassembled. So it is it is, uh, it is simple, it is one piece, it is not 47 components, it is very clear, it is very directional. Uh, so let love be genuine. Abhor or utterly detest. Um, my favorite use of the word abhor is, you guys know who uh, David Platt is? The guy who wrote Radical. He, he does the secret church teachings. Um, he had a reporter ask him one time, he said, uh, well it sounds like in your sermons that you preach that God hates sin and sinners. And he said, oh, no, 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 don't, don't misunderstand me. He took him to the Old Testament and read in the text in the Old Testament where it says God abhors sin and sinners. 
Like it's, hate is like down here. Abhor is much more significant and much more severe. Uh, abhor is to detest utterly. You're like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't sound good. What, what are we supposed to detest? What is evil? Well, that makes sense, right? I mean, this doesn't feel like we should be in love with things that are evil. Right? This is pretty cookies on the lower shelf stuff here, right? All right, so abhor what is evil. Hold fast. Your blank there is glue or to stick or to cleave or to join yourself or keep company. But glue yourself to what is good or hold fast to what is good. This makes sense. This is literally kindergarten theology right here. We've got glue sticks. I thought about having glue sticks out on the table for you this morning. And then I just knew that if um, Slick here was here this morning, that he'd be doing something crazy with glue sticks and we'd have to get like a pressure washer to hose it off. So, But you probably got one in your car, so it wouldn't be a big deal. Bobby's got one in his car. Excellent. Good. Got the pressure washer needs taken care of. All right. So glue yourself to what is good or beneficial. Now this, this word in verse 10, love, you see the Greek word there? The Greek words are in italics. So um, what is the Greek word there? Philostorgos, right? So what does it look like? If you broke it up into maybe two parts, phileo and storge, right? You remember what those two words mean? Phileo is the easy one. It's the brotherly love and storge is... Family love, yes, very good. So what do you think this one means? <laughs> Loving your family, yes. It, the weird thing is that I think this is the only time this word shows up in the New Testament. Um, I don't know if that's a demonstration of how hard it is to do or if it's just he's specifically saying, he's been, he spent, you know, has, has there been a family-oriented theme in Romans so far? There's been a lot of family-oriented talk in Romans so far. So love your family. This is of natural relatives. Um, with what kind of love? Brotherly love, right? See the Greek word there? It's literally Philadelphia. Like, it's just transliterated. It's straight up Philadelphia. And I've been to Philadelphia and did not experience a whole lot of brotherly love there. Um, Had massive portions of the city that I had to avoid and was drawn down on by two cops. Uh, That's another story, though. All right, so love one another with brotherly affection. What does your translation have for the next word? The ESV says outdo. Because this is really like not the great. There's probably four or five words in this particular text that are just mm, mediocre that the ESV translates here. Anybody have another word for outdo? What's that? Giving preference, yes, that's a very good definition for it. It's a very good, uh, it's to show deference or to lead the way for others or prefer one another. Uh, so prefer one another in what? In showing honor, so it's in the value or substance of something. So the idea here is that I'm trying to lead the way for you to show honor. It's, it's almost not outdue. It's not an outdo almost has the connotation of a competition, right? You see, you see the, you feel the competition orientation of the word outdo. It's really not what this is about. This is just, I am, I'm showing deference. I'm preferring. So, um, uh, so Lynn, where do you want to go eat lunch today? It is a good question, isn't it? Let me get your brain thinking about it early so that when you and Marie have this conversation in a few, maybe in an hour or so, we can kind of make a decision faster. Because I'm sure there's never been a time where you have ever struggled to find a place to go out to eat, right? No? 
So let me, let me tell you what this, this word looks like. So I, want, I need you to say exactly what I say back to me. Okay, so ask me where I want to go to eat. I don't care. What, what would you like? No, 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 no. What would you like? All right, so now, we, have we all had this conversation with somebody? Yes, and after about three rounds of this, you, you want to, like, I don't care! I just, I'm hungry, right? Now we're hangry, and it's not, so this is not what that is. This is not the, oh, I don't care. This is, I value you more than I value me. Does this make sense? This is more substantive than, I just, I don't care where we've got to eat today. You pick. All right, well, that, that may be like a, a shadow of an implementation of this, but, you know. And if Maple Street were open on Sundays, we'd go to Maple Street, so, but they're not, but, so we can't. Um, and now you'll go there tomorrow. <laughs> Hashtag revenue. There you go. All right, no. Uh, Julie's not here today, so it's going to be a lot of hashtags. That's the way this is going to work. All right, so outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful or tardy. You're like, wait, what? We're supposed to be on time? Hang on now. Hang on. About what? In zeal. The Greek word there is uh, spude. It literally means speed. So we're getting this word speed. Uh, in, in eagerness or in earnestness in what we do. Uh, so don't be, don't be late to doing what you're called to do, but be fervent. And this word means to be hot. Um, it, it means to boil if it's a liquid. And does anybody know what happens to a solid? When you get a solid really, really hot, what happens to it? It burns, yes, great. That, that, that's exactly what happens when you get a solid really, really hot. Uh, a solid that won't burn, what happens to it? It what? It can explode. Your blank here is to glow. Oh, right before it, right before it melts, right before it explodes, it'll glow with heat. Right? The idea here is that this is, this is visibly changing the object of the zeal. Because if you boil a liquid, can you tell that you are boiling the liquid? Yes, because it's boiling, right? <laughs> Cooking, there we go, all right? Cooking with Jim, here we go. Um, if you heat up a solid, how do you know it is getting hot? It, like, it, it, it's hot, you can see it, right? The, the heat comes off in the form of light and it glows, right? So be fervent in what? In spirit, so boil or glow with a spirit. And then what do we do? Then we serve. Duleo. This is the um, uh, doulos, the, the word for servant. Um, to be a slave, to be in bondage. Serve the self, right? Because I want to use all this energy for me because it's about me. David, is that what that says? It's not what that says. He's like, no, I don't think so. Serve the Lord, right? The curios. So verse 12, rejoice. So spread the greeting, be of cheer. Rejoice in the hope. What hope? Maybe this hope that we've been talking about for chapters and chapters and chapters. Be patient or remain under, to stay underneath, to undergo, to bear trials. Be patient in tribulation. So this is the persecution. Um, this, is, this is not a, oh, I got cut off in traffic. That's persecution. And they cut me off because of that Jesus sticker on the back of my car. No, that's not what persecution is here. This is tribulation for the faith. So be patient in tribulation. Be constant or be, be earnestly uh, striving towards continually in prayer. 
Um, has anybody ever thought that prayer kind of felt like a struggle? And it, after you pray for a while, it, it feels like work? And anybody, am I the only one there? No? That's, I think, uh, Paul constantly talks about how he's praying for other people. And he's saying, this is work. You're going to have to work at this. So verse 13, contribute. Now look at the Greek word for contribute. What is that word? It's really close to another word that you probably should know. And the word is koinonia. And that word means what? Like fellowship and the, the gathering. That, like, and this word is sharing. This is the, um, the verb form of koinonia, which is a noun. So to share with others, to communicate, to distribute, to be partaker. <clears throat> so contribute to what? To the needs to the employment, to the affair, to the occasion, demand, um, whatever somebody needs of the saints. That's a good point to make. Um, This is not whatever somebody needs. This is whatever the saints need. There's a distinction here. So share to meet the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. All right, so look at the... Look at the words around that next blank. So seek, so the present active participle, to pursue, to ensue, after, to give to, to press toward. Um, <clears throat> this word is used in verse 14. So I want you to read verse 14 and tell me which word we're talking about. Persecute. Yes, that's your blank in 13, which is kind of crazy. <clears throat> Some of your wrinkled up faces going, what? That doesn't feel right. Sure it does. To persecute just means to chase after, to pursue, to seek. So think about this. We're called to seek and to persecute what? To show hospitality. Yeah. Okay. That's different. Does that feel like something Jesus would say to do though? Yeah, so you're going to get persecuted for following me, and what I need you to do is go persecute each other with hospitality. (laughs) That's awesome. What a beautiful response to all these different things, right? So persecute to show hospitality. Have you ever tried to help somebody and they didn't want to take your help? All right. So I'm going to give you permission to do something. I'm going to give you permission to persecute people. Um, I got several emails from some of you that send in stuff this week uh, talking about how there's been times where this particular class or this particular church has helped provide things sometimes before you knew that you needed it or in ways that you didn't know that you needed uh, in very positive, helpful, meaningful ways. Um, And I think a lot of that is due to people that just won't say no. They won't take no for an answer. Like, well, we're going to go help this person. Well, what if they don't want the help? We're going to go help this person. Yeah, but they've said no twice. Okay. How many times does persecute take no for an answer? I don't know. Now, is there a way to be a jerk about this? Absolutely. Let's not be jerks for Jesus, right? That's not, it's a bad hashtag. Don't get that trending. But, but there's a way to, to care so much about someone that you see something they need and to go meet it. So let's do that. Let's be about that. All right, verse 14. Now, bless. Now, what do we see in verse 14? It's our very first one of this text. 
It's an imperative. Yes, there are nine imperatives from verse 14 to verse 21. So if it felt like there was a list, this is why it feels like there's a list, because he's telling us to do a bunch of stuff. So, bless or speak well of those who persecute you. Now, I think this is not a good application or interpretation of this particular part of this verse. However, if you are being persecuted with hospitality, you should bless the people that are persecuting you. Now, I think this is specifically talking about persecuting you for your faith. Uh, bless and do not curse them. So, so if you find yourself on the receiving end of persecution, cursing people is not what we get to do. Okay, then. Right? Bless, again, another imperative there in verse 14 in the middle of it. Could, uh, could also be translated to uh, speak a benediction upon or to pray over or to thank for and do not curse. Uh, execrate. There's a word for you. It's an old school word. It means to express loathing for, to curse or to swear, to doom them. Verse 15, rejoice. Again, the same word back in verse 12. Uh, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep or bewail or moan with those who weep. Um, so let's pause here for just a second. Does anybody have trouble with this? Yeah? Okay. The, either one. Um, I'll tell you what I have trouble with. I have trouble. I come in uh, around believers and I am in a certain mood. And I like to stay in a certain mood. Objects in motion tend to stay in motion, right? And, and this says, be with others in their rejoicing and others in their weeping. Um, have a heart for what you're seeing. Have eyes to be seen. Um, this can be tough sometimes. Because this can mean you walk in on cloud nine and then we go to mourning very quickly. Or you come in mourning. And I get to rejoice with somebody. I mean, this can be challenging. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Brian and I spent a lot of time talking about that this morning. We, uh, he's preaching a sermon this morning at Saudi Daisy. And he's scheduled to come here next Sunday morning and, and preach that same sermon. Um, and it is basically to those who are mourning and hurting. And it's... It's good because we have, to, we have to be able to live this, these verses out. So be ready, be available, keep your eyes open for these opportunities to, to rejoice and to weep. Um, verse 16, live in harmony. The word, uh, that whole phrase is literally just the word phreneo. This is the word mind. Um, it, live in harmony is a real big stretch of what this would mean um, because this is just about thinking or setting your mind on with one another. The idea is, I am thinking about others. Which, if you, if you want to put a category, a wrapper around verses 9 through 21, focused on others is a great way to actually be able to live some of this out, because so much, so much of this is outward focused. So live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. <clears throat> it's a compound word that means the phreneo, as well as uh, a high or esteemed. So this is high-mindedness, or I'm thinking a lot, uh, specifically about self, um, but associate. Uh, here's your, your blank here. It says, take off together or transport with. It literally means to ride along with. 
Like to be with. To go places with. Go places with the lowly. And the lowly means depressed, humiliated, base, cast down, humble, of low degree or estate. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. And this is, you know, I mean, let's, how to have a good time, uh, top 10 list of things, right? Let's go hang out with the depressed and go places with them. Yeah, right? And yet, this is being the body of Christ. This is why there's more than one of us to do these things. Never be wise in your own sight. So never be conceited, um, uh, sagacious, or discreet. In, in discreet, not in a, I'm being low-key, but a, oh, aren't I amazing? I have, I'm being discreet about how wise I am. I mean, this, it doesn't feel right at all. Verse 17, repay or to give back again. No one evil for evil. Pretty straightforward, right? Somebody does you evil, we don't get to pay back evil. But give thought to do, or here's your blank, consider in advance what is honorable in the sight or in the presence of all. So when we get given evil, think about how we can do what is good and beautiful and valuable in the sight of all. Which doesn't sound like an immediate response, does it? Doesn't sound like a a knee-jerk reaction. Well, I just want to bow up and... Probably not. I'm sure that doesn't say not as evil. It doesn't, yeah. And then verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, And a bunch of those words are not in the Greek. This is trying to figure out how these words fit together. The Greek is basically, if possible, uh, it you. Which is, it's a lot of space in there, but this, (laughs) it's a lot of space in there. Uh, But if the English translation said, if possible, it you, live peaceably with all, you could probably back into, well, it's his... This is on you and how much capacity you have to do this. And we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, so we have a lot of capacity to do this. Um, And then verse 18, I'm sorry, we just did verse 18. Uh, Verse 19, beloved, agapetos, never avenge, uh, to vindicate, here's your blank, retaliate. Never retaliate yourselves. But leave it... And the Greek, it really is uh, a space or a location. Leave, leave space. Uh, this could be either physical space or time space uh, to the wrath of God. Because remember, we, we've talked about God's righteous wrath. This is coming. It's going to happen. He does this flawlessly, perfectly well. So let's leave that to him. For it is written, vengeance or retribution is mine. This is God saying these things. He will repay, says the Lord. And to the contrary, verse 20, if your enemy, this is anybody that's your adversary, is hungry or famished or craves, then feed him. And if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And these are not, um, these are not indicatives. These are imperatives, right? The feed is an imperative. The drink is an imperative. And, and I hear this verse used a lot of times, and it, it almost sounds like an arrogant, well, I'm doing this so that I can heap coals on his head. What? Like, what? 
What part of this text feels like high and mighty and we're trying to get back and get even? None of this feels like that. This is just an outcome of something that we are commanded to do. Um, For by doing so, you will heap burning coals. The Greek word is anthrax. I got nothing on that. I have no idea why the Greek word is anthrax here. This makes no sense to me whatsoever. So if you have thoughts on how anthrax converted into burning coals somewhere over the course of um, word history, I bring it on. I got nothing uh, on his head. But this is what happens. When, when we behave in a way that is not consistent with everybody else, this brings pain to those that are antagonizing and persecuting us. And in verse 21, he finishes up, do not be overcome or uh, conquered uh, by evil, which is funny because, you know, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against Christ's church. So this, this is not going to happen to believers. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome or subdue evil with, what does it say? With good, not evil, right? Overcome evil with Good. So, repeated words very quickly. Um, if you look through that text, what do you see that jumps out multiple times? The little words jump out a bunch of times for me. Um, for me, it was the if. Like, if you see this, then you do this, those types of things. Um, not shows up a lot, right? Because we're not to be about these certain things. Love shows up a couple of times. Um, what's that? Blessed does, yes, Absolutely. Which is not necessarily where the first thing we want to go to when hard times come, but this is, this is the outcome of a gospel-changed life, right? This is the outcome of a gospel-changed life. All right, so let's jump to the applications real quick. So what's the point? Uh, I think Christian behavior is hard. Would you, would you look at this list and you would say, if I printed this list out and I put it next to my monitor at work, and I read it two or three times a day and just did a check-in and self-evaluation on how I'm doing on these things. Every, yeah, you're like, well, I don't want to do this, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's hard. And, and the great thing is that we can ask for help. Uh, that's what we do with this. The Holy Spirit is ready and willing and able and working actively to help. We have helper. Um, so ask for help. Uh, number two, I would say Christian behavior is also simple. None of this was incredibly complicated. Right? I mean, some of the words had a variety of meanings, but this is all... I think you could probably teach... You could teach these concepts to a seven-year-old. Right? I mean, a seven-year-old that you could get to sit still long enough to teach these concepts to, but you could teach these concepts to a seven-year-old. Um, and so what I need when we have very simple things is to review often. Um, Personalized number two. Jessica Norris sent me uh, a list of 28 things that her commentary listed out that basically just put these in a numbered list. Every time there was a comma, that's another thing, that's another thing, that's another thing. And she said, I think I'm just going to print the list off and put it next to my monitor at work and do a self-evaluation periodically. And I thought, whew, that's awesome because this is keeping Scripture in front of us. That's a good thing. Uh, and then the, the third thing on the what's the point, I don't, I don't want us to walk out of here without realizing Christian behavior looks like Jesus' life. Like, these verses look like what Jesus did. If you put, print these verses off and then read through the Gospels, and especially the Passion Week where there was so much persecution and so much uh, antagonization, uh, 
antagonizing of the Jewish religious leaders against him, this is what he looked like. He lived these things out. So this would not have been a foreign concept to Paul's listeners because they heard the stories of Jesus doing these things. And Paul's summarizing and saying, these are the things that we are to go do. Does this make sense? All right. It is very difficult to land the plane from a teaching perspective when you have a bullet point list for text. So we're just going to stop there. And I'm going to point you toward next week's text, which is submission to the authorities. And if there is any one passage of Romans that Americans are not going to enjoy, it is Romans 13, 1 through 7. Because if you read Romans 13, 1 through 7, you will say, well, I don't like that. Okay, well, I, don't, I don't know that it matters if we like it or not. It's just the reality of where we're at, and this is what we've been commanded to do. So, Miss Sherry, did you have a question? I forgot to do number three. Live like Jesus. Did you think anybody else was going to go in the blank? <laughs> yes, sir. That's the Greek word. Anthrax is the Greek word, right. And my, my struggle is how do you get from that is the Greek word to burning coals? I have, you, you are, I, we're kicking way past my coverage now. I have no idea. The only thing I can think of is anthrax. Well, Y'all going to go out here thinking about anthrax all day, aren't you? No, I mean, it's, that's the first thing you get with anthrax is the pain. Oh, is it? Okay. The first thing you get with anthrax is a fever. You start getting fever. It's one of the major indicators. Okay. I'm glad I don't know that, Doug. Okay? Like, that's, I do, yeah. Now I'm just going to be panicking, right? I checked the mail one day, and I kind of got a fever that night. I think, did somebody send me anthrax? This is, like, bad. Oh, my goodness. Y'all are killing me now. I know. <laughs> like, do you have a test at your house for this? Oh, my goodness. All right. We're going we're, we're gonna to leave that alone. We're going to leave that alone. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. All right. We'll leave it. All right. Got to transition now. You transition to the weekly update. Uh, and Justin just sent me a link, and if it's a good link about anthrax and burning coals, then I'll share it on the Romans page, and we'll go from there. But uh, the weekly update, I had to shrink the font this morning because we have so many prayer requests, which is probably indicative of two things. One, we're adding more prayer requests, which is good. And two, we may not be curating and keeping up with a good tight list as we should. So your job before you leave this morning is to read through all of those prayer requests individually, and I need you to edit and update anything that has anything to do with you. That would be very helpful for us. And then you may pray as a table. And after you have prayed as a table, then you are dismissed. I've got an extra one up here uh, that I will give to this table because only one person is reading over there. She's diligently reading. <laughs> I appreciate y'all letting me do this. <laughs> I have a blast with it. All right, guys. Thank you all so much for coming to Sunday School today. Uh, and I would encourage you to read Romans uh, 13, 1 through 7 for next week because it's, it's a doozy. It's a doozy. Thanks, guys.